This is the Scott Bradley Show podcast. Let me get to the panel. First up, not in his usual garb today. He actually looks like he's undercover, maybe chasing guys into the ocean to be chased <laughs> by sharks. He almost looks like a narc a little bit today, a little. Usually he is... On the brightest panel in Hamilton Radio, he is the best hair in Hamilton Radio, but today it's covered, he's got the dark sunglasses on, he's got the Elvis shirt going. Mike Fortune from Cable 14, sir, thanks for coming in. Taking a little vacation from myself. Great to be here, Scotty, way to you kick off get September to, 1. Just couldn't get to the hair today and so I you cover it up? Couldn't do it today, I just said, you know what, hey, long weekend, this is the look you're getting, so yeah. Uh, next to him, a guy who, I don't know when the last time was that he worried about his hair. Uh, it's <laughs> oh. been... Well, hey, I, as a bl- as a brother, I'm speaking uh, I'm speaking honestly. Yeah, there's uh, a lot of love there. <laughs> hey, a guy who, um, man, he has uh, been in the radio business for um, forever, and in fact, one of the staff here just walked in. Luke used to be on the used to operate this show. Used to be behind the glass. Luke came in and was pointing out that he used to he was a huge fan of yours when you used to work on a sports station down the road that rhymes with fan. Yeah, that, that one. <laughs> Doug <I've>, Faraway. <laughs> Did he now not with, actually say Now with Cable 14. Uh, inspiration. I think he said idol. Idol, yeah. Yeah, he may have said a childhood crush. I'm not sure. <laughs> Let's not go that far. <laughs> yeah. But Doug Faraway, from now from Cable 14, from City Matters, thanks for coming in. Yeah, I, uh, and thanks for inviting me. Um, I guess it's probably uh, impossible to start tonight with uh, anything but the big story of the week this week. And Doug, you had a long career in sports, so I'll go to you first on this one. What did you make of the whole Ticat fiasco this week? Cluster hyphen. Something, yeah. Just um, amazing. <laughs> uh, I, I went and did some research today. I finally figured out after a long career, you should actually research before you open your mouth. And, and you look at the classic scandals in sports of all time. And they go from gambling, the Black Sox scandal, gambling, uh, shaving points, uh, basketball referees, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, messing around, Pete Rose, personal gambling. And then you get to that other category of state scandals. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to have the entire Russian Federation is going to be drugged up for Sochi. (laughs) Ben Johnson, Lance Armstrong, scandal, scandal, scandal. And then I started looking and I Googled sex-related scandals in sports. And I came up with four big ones that leave uh, an utterly uh, uh, disgusting taste in your mouth. We all recall the Graham James scandal. Junior hockey in Canada. Junior hockey and some very famous guys who managed to emerge from that scandal and the predatory actions of Graham uh, Graham James to have terrific NHL careers and other young men who were absolutely destroyed by what this man perpetrated on them. The Toronto Maple Leaf scandal, which really was about a building and its employees, but it broke in the 90s when I was at that station station, that rhymed with fan. And, And... how many young people were destroyed uh, by those three gentlemen? Uh, Gordon Stuckless would be the one that probably sticks most in people's minds. Tiger Woods, mm-hmm. scandal, uh, cuckolding his wife. Um, that was big. It was huge. Yeah. And, of course, there's Penn State, where... What Jerry Stuckey was it? Sandusky. 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 Joe Paterno. What Jerry Sandusky was doing to young men. Joe Paterno had an idea of what was going on, but turned a blind eye. The entire football program, the university turned a blind eye to what was going on. And then, of course, it comes home to Hamilton. Baylor had had a huge scandal. What was the number again? 52 Rapes over a three-year period perpetrated by their football players. Now, Art Bryles didn't personally attack anyone. But how much and when did Art Bryles know that there was something going on in the culture of his football program at a very significant southern school, Mm -hmm. Baylor? That's a big-time school. And the Hamilton Tiger Cats... And, and don't get me wrong. I mean, there have been other CFL teams who haven't thought clearly about mm-hmm. people who, you know, broke the law south of the border with marijuana, mm-hmm. uh, drunk driving charges. Well, we'll give them a second chance in the CFL. 
But when I look at scandal and I break it down, money, gambling, whatever, power, FIFA, you name it, there's no greater dangerous, hurtful scandal than the sexual assault scandal. And we'll talk about it, I'm sure. But going to the mentality of boys clubs that cover up those scandals truly is at the heart, I think, of what has transpired this week in Hamilton. Well, and Mike, one of the real difficulties with this for the Hamilton Ticats as they try to figure out how to get out from under this, I think, is that Doug talks about things like gambling scandals. Mm -hmm. Leaving aside the sexual scandals for just a second, Doug talks about the gambling scandals. If you're not a sports fan per se, probably you don't really care about that. Point shaving, you probably don't really care about that. What the Hamilton Tigers is still an idol to a lot of people because he was part of that big red machine. Exactly. But in town here, when you import this guy with the baggage, regardless, as Doug says, he didn't he didn't personally abuse anyone. Um, There's other, you know, he was not charged. There are questions, but he oversaw this thing. But when you bring the baggage in, Mm -hmm. this now doesn't just become a story that Hamilton Tiger Cat fans or football fans are paying attention to. You have seemingly, based on the comments I've got this week and based on what I've seen on social media, you have touched and outraged and baffled Everybody across the city, pretty much. Not just football fans, not just sports fans. Everybody is in this now. You've baffled people across North America. Yes. Sports Illustrated called the Tiger Cats the most tone-deaf franchise in the world. Yeah. So I was up uh, fishing with my dad when this news broke. We were up in Buckhorn Lake, and I'm seeing something on my phone go here. And you mentioned, you know, you don't have to be a football fan. And you're right. It hit home Instantly, because of social media, because we get information, boom, 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 so quick nowadays. And that is why this one is really hitting home, because we are Hamilton proud. We are hometown Tiger Cats. We are Steel Town. We are tough. And then all of a sudden, our name, because of a handful maybe, maybe a little bit more, a handful of guys, and we're assuming they're all men, said, hey, you know what? Let's bring this guy in. He's going to help us get a W on the board. That's what we want. We just want W's now. And it is a shame that they completely ignored, didn't think about the 550,000 Hamiltonians and then beyond about how the ramifications of this would be. And then to try to backpedal, get your way out of it, second chances for something so despicable, so vile... It's simply mind-boggling. And Doug, what the, what I what really struck me this week, among other things, is when you start thinking, okay, why why are so many people so upset? Well, obviously, the the story behind it, as you say, is disgusting. But if you go across the country and you say to people who don't know much about Hamilton, what tell me something about Hamilton? What comes to mind when you think Hamilton? Steel will be one of the things. Tim Hortons. Tim Hortons may be another, but the Hamilton Ticats. The Hamilton Tiger Cats are one of, mm-hmm. if not the face of this city. Whether you're a football fan or not, mm-hmm. they reflect this city. And when you bring in a person like this and you say, that's a guy we want representing us, that's when people start to lose their minds a little bit and say, wait a second, no. No, this is not who we want representing us. And it's 2017. Mm-hmm. And did, there are did, other people. There are other coaches no you could have hired. on the football side of this? The whole organization, frankly, should have had some input. If you're in public relations with the Tiger Cats, shouldn't that have been run past you? Mm-hmm. How about legal? Run it past them. I guess the football guys decided, well, we'll run it past the owner, and that's about it. And as you say, mind-boggling, but in the year 2017, with everything that has gone on before, knowing, as you so aptly pointed out on the show on Wednesday on Cable 14, that every NCAA program, Mm -hmm. big schools, small schools, you know, 
third-ranked schools mm-hmm. wouldn't touch this guy with a 50-foot pole. Yeah, West, Says West, an Bubba, awful lot. West Bubba State hasn't come to this guy. Like a school that really just wants to make a name for itself at all. Really, what I read, there was only one school, and they wouldn't even acknowledge that he was part of their program. He was like a consultant. From a very far distance. At yeah. Liberty. <laughs> Liberty had him as a consultant. And wasn't that because of his son or something is somehow involved, I believe it was? It really Anyways. came down to X's and O's, and they needed a win at Liberty. So, there you go. And probably the alma mater, you know, the, the folks who have the money who surround these teams, mm-hmm. they may have quietly taken care of the payment. I don't know that. But no significant program mm-hmm. anywhere, NFL, NCAA, until all of a sudden, the last place, Hamilton Tiger Cats need an offensive coordinator, and their coach has known him for 40 years, and he's a really great guy, decides they're going to take a chance on this guy. And Mike, shake here, your head. Here's the, as I say, the, when I keep saying here's the thing, it's because there are so many, so but many I work things. through them. But the Hamilton Tiger Cats, Scott Mitchell, the CEO, in his press conference, in other areas, he has acknowledged very clearly Many times now. Mm-hmm. The reason that he is not, that Art Bryles, the guy they tried to hire, is not here, is not because we decided after hiring him by ourselves. oh, you know what, hmm, sober second thought, not a good... It's because the public and the media had an outcry. It was the blowback that caused the decision to be reversed. And that, to me, suggests even now... Do they really get it? Do the, does the team really understand what the issue was here? Because it was treated rather than as a something else. It, this was a PR problem mm-hmm. more than as a hiring or sexual assault or whatever problem. This was treated like let's – it's because the fans are mad. It's because the people are mad. It's because the media is mad. Now we have to do something. It shouldn't have come to that. Doesn't that really say something about the people that have – made or who didn't make the right decision how do you not understand why the press and why your hard-earned paying fans are reacting the way they are and they are reacting and they're reacting in a big way jeweler uh, barry jewelers gone people no no they're back they're back but they they came out they were the first ones people throwing in their season's tickets saying we want out i've a couple people at the office same thing anyways back to your question or your thought and comment it, it, I don't know Scott Mitchell that well. I've had a few interactions with him. I think the two of you have had a lot more with him. He almost comes across as a little aloof when it comes to this topic. It's almost like he doesn't want to address it because maybe he doesn't understand it himself. Is that fair to say? I don't know. But for him to basically not still not come out and say... We made a big mistake. Well, he did say we made a big mistake, but it was... But it wasn't the right way how it was said. There was no apology. The only apology has come from Bob Young. Right. Scott Mitchell, all the way down the line. We don't think that Ken Austin knew Art Bryles from his coaching days south of the border, that Eric Tillman doesn't know everything about... Of course he did. Of course he did. That June Jones, on his recommendation, probably, or at least brought his name up... Yeah. Now, do any of these gentlemen have wives or daughters that they might actually have thought about running this past? Because 52 rapes means 52 families were violated at Baylor, Mm -hmm. including five gang rapes that are listed in a lawsuit. That's four or five football players. The numbers are scary when you snowball it like that, yeah. Families are getting destroyed, and young people's lives are going to be altered forever because of what happened at Baylor. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've been around sports long enough to know that, especially in the NCAA, the football program rules the school. And sometimes they write their own rules. And sometimes the money that is paid to players who aren't supposed to be played or cars who are gifted to players who aren't supposed to get gifts is all fueled by winning America's great game. It, it's it's winning so you get the money. So it's, it's almost so you it's almost fueled more by the money. But it, you you go out and recruit those young men and in some cases you're giving them free booze and in some cases at Baylor access to young women mm-hmm. 
to go and have a sexual relationship with. Well, what are those young men supposed to think when that kind of leadership has been given to them? Mm -hmm. They are now gods. They are on a pedestal. They can do anything they want within some sort of reason. Mm -hmm. But this culture in the NCAA, and I'm going to expand it into our game, Mm -hmm. the culture of protecting a junior hockey player who might have raped a 15-year-old in Sudbury in the 1980s or early 90s, protecting that player because it's good for the franchise is the mentality that is being that was at Baylor. And to bring this gentleman to Hamilton perpetuates that football culture. Again, I say, 2017, you've had this happen? Did you not read what happened to Penn State? And you bring up a point about Barry's Jewelers. I was, and yeah, I was the gonna, spokesperson for Barry Jewelers had an even more brilliant point well, than why, you, Mike, which I, you know, it's, it's hard. Which is why, where was everyone else? Where? And where? I was going to ask were you that. Where were the rest of the, of the other sponsors? Advertisers. Where were the rest of the sponsors? Mind-boggling. Again. Now, 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 to be fair, and I, uh, to be fair to the other sponsors, by the time this thing, this thing started uh, Monday morning at about 11 yeah. and by... And it's August. Nine or whatever. Had this thing extended into the next day, we may well have seen many, many more sponsors because by the time this thing was wrapping up, maybe the the boss wasn't at the... I don't want to make excuses, but there could be reasons why somebody... There was a short time period to put together your your management They were on it like that. Kudos to Barry's for recognizing instantly. Now, the other thing, we only have a minute or so left here about this. I wish we could talk about this much longer. We've got a lot of other stuff to get to today. But here's the big question for me, or one of them. We know that we live in a world with a 24, maybe 48-hour news cycle. We know that people get very bored with the story very quickly. I can tell you that as I've been writing columns this week about it, I have had more than a few people say, can you please move along and can we start talking about football again? We're done. We, we get it. We're done. Does any of this actually stick? Or by the time Monday rolls around and the Labor Day game starts at Tim Hortons Field, has this simply cycled out of the consciousness and we are back to everyday normal life and someday down the road we just talk about it with our kids of that. Remember that weird time the Thai Cats tried to hire that guy? Do you think any of this, Mike, sticks around? I'm really struggling if I want to go to the game or not. I'm going to be honest with you because of this situation. I've heard that a lot of, from a lot yeah. of people. I think this is, this is bigger than a football game now and that's why this is being talked about so much. So football has almost been put aside now and now for better or for worse, at least sexual assault. And you had a great guest uh, with Lenora on. You know, they're getting their voices out. They're getting their people heard. And perhaps this is a stepping stone where all of Hamilton, because let's face it, it's a a conversation no one wants to talk about. Perhaps this is going to bring it to the light and more people will talk about it. Come Monday, they're going to announce a sellout. We talked about this before the show. They're going to announce a sellout. You will have your diehard hardcore fans go there. Tough to say. What do you think, Doug? We got thirty seconds. Does this does this linger in Doug any in way? Thirty seconds. I know that's almost, not possible. Uh, well, yeah, I said thirty possible. seconds because oh, I know that'll yeah. mean we can get out in two minutes. Um, <laughs> my experience tells me it's not going to stick to the point we would hope that it would stick. But I would hope to see managerial changes at the Hamilton Tiger Cats, and I I I wonder aloud if after all the work he has put in. And known as a as a as a, a slogan guy and a branding guy, that the owner of the team says ten years, twelve years of work just went out the window when Sports Illustrate is illustrated has shone a light and on, TMZ, on your misdeeds and ESPN and, and you know, everyone and TMZ for goodness sake. So I think there's going to be ramifications, but you're right. Far too many people are willing to move on. Donald Trump said what? Next day, gone. Do you think you might see? And that's just what happens. Think you might see a protest? No, I I really don't. I really don't. But the only way to me, and we got to go. The only way this has any chance, I think, Doug, of what you're saying about managerial changes or of change happening, is if Mike, what you said happens. If a lot of people who have said. To this point, I've been a longtime fan. We got tons of letters to the editor in the paper today. Yeah. I get if a, if even half the people right now who are saying I've been a season ticket holder, and I'm out unless there are significant changes, unless those people follow through. If they do, then maybe 
somebody looks at this and says, wait, this is this has got to change. But you know what? If they lose 25 season ticket holders and everyone else by the end of the season forgets and backs down, then hmm, no big deal. No big deal. Lesson learned. We're moving on. And that to me would be, I don't know what wrong. the word is. Thank you. Just wrong. You're listening to The Scott Radley Show, weeknights from 7 to 9 on AM 900 CHML. Let's stick with, we were talking about the Ticats. We're not going to stick with the Ticats, but there has been a terrific, and I mean, we talked about it last night. Steve Bust was on the show last night, if you mm-hmm. were listening, reporter for The Spectator. A yeah. terrific two-and-a-half-year project, a four-part series in The Spectator about concussions. And if you were not listening last night, what makes this series unique is that almost every concussion series, and I know a lot of people hear the word concussion, and even if they don't have a concussion, their eyes glaze over these days. But they hear concussion, and it's kind of boring now, because a lot, almost every time, concussions that are studied now are from cadavers, and they are former athletes who have donated their brains, but the person is dead. This is a study that has been able to do it with live people who have, in many cases, had impact on their brain. And I would encourage you, it's called Collision Course, the la- it's on all of them. Well, the final uh, piece will be in the paper tomorrow, but you can find first, second, and third parts online at thespec.com. Uh, it'll take you a while to read it because it's dense and there's a lot of stuff. Well-written, easy to get through, but it's just a lot. But Mike, what I am, as I read this, leaving aside so many different elements of this because it's just there's too many th- tentacles to go to here, mm-hmm. but as I'm reading this, all I can think of is what is the future of football? Because I cannot believe that as more and more and more studies and more science and more experts and more subjects and more deaths and more everything else happens. More information and everything's given out. Somewhere along the way, it has to have an effect on football, doesn't it? You would think, and it's funny, I was thinking that exact same thing as I was reading through this piece. I have a 13-year-old kid. Now, he's he's not the, the fleetest of foot. He's, he's not an athlete, but he's a big boy. And everyone keeps saying, you got to get him into football. Linebacker, he's a big boy. He's going to do something. And there's always this little part in me thinking, why would I want, next year when he goes into grade 9, why would I want my son's 14-year-old brain, which is still developing, mm. to get rattled around Let's face it, he's a 14-year-old kid. He's already a little lazy and goofy at times. Why would I want it to get worse for a lifetime worth of headaches, injuries, and trauma? And not even just from the injuries now, because if you put him into it and he loved it, he may decide he he wants to play university. And And, and I've talked to some fathers who have have kids that are, you know, uh, grade 10, 11. Well, they teach you how to tackle properly nowadays. And they do. Okay, fine. Do they teach you how to fall? Do they teach you how to to handle a gang tackle when you're being held by one guy and the other guy is told to come and crush you as hard as they can? Probably not. So it is, going to your question, it would be very interesting, what do you say, 2017, 20 years from now, if the game is still around? It probably will be because, and it goes back to what we talked about in the first segment, Money. There is so much money to be made in this business, and there is so much money to be able to lure people into it. We all want to live a good life, and you talk to some athletes, you know what? I'd rather live a shorter life as a multimillionaire, living the life, because you lead the life, than having a healthier life and having less money. But Doug, I think, and Mike's on to something, but I think where we're going to see down the road, I don't think we're ever going to run out of football players. Where we're going to get the football players unfortunately, maybe, is I think we're going to start seeing low-income people where this is their chance to actually make a living. I can see white-collar, successful suburbanites saying, mm, no thanks, no thanks. This is a way for people to maybe get a chance to escape. And that uh, that would be unfortunate, but I could easily see that happening. Well, it's already been an escape route oh, yeah. for those uh, living uh, in on in low incomes, uh, if you're a young, well, let's let's call it like it is. If you're a young black man living in Detroit, you're living in a Rust Belt city. What's your escape route? It's basketball. It's baseball. It's football. 
And if you're a big, strong 600, 600, <laughs> six foot three, six foot four, 240 pound ripped athlete, wow, what a middle linebacker you could be for 10 years. For 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's what I would look at. To me, it always comes back to demographics, not necessarily the money, but I, I think you okay. might see a shift. And I think you're on to something with it, it. It just might be that educated people will turn their backs on football no matter how good they are. Because I thought, didn't know his name, but I thought a first-round NFL pick this year, quarterback, retired. Because of concu- not his personal concussions, but because of what he had learned about concussions. So I mentioned demographics. I'd be very interested to see in 10 years... The more we talk about concussions in football, it's Pop Ivy, right? Yeah, I think for so. kids. Uh, no, Pop Warner. Pop, that's it. See what the stats are ten years from now mm-hmm. for little league football, because they're still no matter what you do, no matter how much padding you put in a helmet, kids are going to hit head to head, neon helmet, you name it, mm-hmm. and see if there's a corresponding increase, and there already is, but a corresponding increase in other sports like soccer in the United States mm-hmm, sure. versus football. I, I, I think you'll see it at Little League first because parents sure. will make decisions based on reading brilliant stuff by Steve Bust, who has been one of the most uh, decorated writers in, in journalism yeah. in this country. He has more awards than I have digits. Wow. Yeah. And you've so that's you've got all your no, toes I'm, I'm as missing well. two toes. So he's, <laughs> he's got at least 18 awards. But, you know, I, I, I think, you know, when you see it about uh, numbers regarding hockey went down in this country, there's good reason for it. It costs too gosh darn much. And soccer has gone up and demographics change and rugby's big again. And cricket mm-hmm. is big in this country. Yeah, because baseball of goes up and down change. depending it how the does, Blue Jays the do. Enrollment and, goes up yep. and down. Football went way down in this in this city at the junior level and then had a bit of a comeback. And I don't want to kill the game. You know, we all grew up playing the game. But, here, but when you look at guys like Mike Morreale, who I still consider the handsomest man I've ever met in football, and there's Mike Morreale going, you know what, probably every game I might have suffered a concussion, a grade one concussion, where he got his bell rung, mm-hmm. he saw stars, he had to gather himself before he got up because it wasn't manly not to get up, and it wasn't manly or football-y to go back in for the next series of downs, whether you could remember the count or not. And he also said... And that was the culture of football because you're afraid of losing your job. That's right. So here's the big problem to me as far as where... Was that 30 seconds? That was good. That was excellent. (laughs) But Steve, last night when he was on the show, he talked about the choke point. And that's what we're talking about. Where does this thing... Where is it the parents of the Pop Warner kids or the junior or is it something else? I'm thinking about this today and I'm saying to myself, well, wait a second. You're not allowed in some schools now in the city to play tag because someone could get hurt and sue. You're not allowed to do this or that or whatever because of the litigiousness and the insurance. And the, yeah. it but cannot, we brought back tobogganing. Yeah, but, but it <laughs> cannot, with all this attitude and all this stuff about litigiousness, honestly, it cannot be long until high schools say, wait a second, how can we run football with what we are seeing when we can't allow tag to be played in our well, Schoolyards. I think that's a little different because you're playing tag in junior kindergarten up to grade six or seven. My son is in gr- in grade seven, going into grade eight. Guess what? You're not playing tag then. It's too. You're you're not cool if you're playing tag. So I think the comparison of playing tag in the lower grades to you're a young adult, you're playing football. But at all the different school levels, what I'm saying is that they are there are things that they are weeding out because there's a chance for a lawsuit. There's a chance for whatever. In high school, mm-hmm. whether you want it to be or not, I can't believe that we're not heading towards the day when they say, whoa, 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 we, we, uh, how can we possibly be running football programs, A, for litigation reasons, and B, if we're saying that we are here for the betterment of our young men because it's 99.9999% men, and we're reading Steve's stuff, and we're looking at the other research from Harvard and from all these things, how can we defend this? And 
I'm not bashing football, mm-hmm. but I think it's the reality. I think we're heading towards that day when someone is going to bring it up at a school board and say, I can't okay this anymore. I really I, think that's coming. I, I only had one bone to pick, and, and it's really a, a, the visual presentation of what the reader is looking at in The Spectator. The difference between the NFL and the CFL. Mm, very there, little thing. Very little thing, but there's workman's comp south of the border. There's this, 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 and this, and this. Mm-hmm. Tick it off. And in the CFL, none of that is happening for the players. My only point being, if you didn't read the whole history and know about the NFL, kick was drag, kicking and screaming to the lawsuit. Deny, 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 deny for over a decade. This didn't start yesterday. This started around 2003-04 when four families, four former NFL players and their wives launched the very original lawsuit. And I got to tell you, at that radio station that rhymes with fan, I interviewed one of the wives and she described how far downhill her husband had gone in just a few years and he was in his Mm mid-40s and he was showing all of the classic signs of dementia. Well, the NFL finally recognizing and rich enough to get out from under a massive lawsuit, settled, and now provides a whole bunch of things, including, well, don't tackle like that, okay? You know, that's going to hurt the other fellow that you're playing with. And, like, there's still some beasts out there who are still hitting people like you wouldn't believe. So to your point, you know, maybe we're a little smarter here on this side of the border. I can maybe see here in Canada someone in a school board putting up their hand saying, you know what, maybe we shouldn't. But down in the oh, states, no way. not no, we're even busy taking close. down statues. Apparently. If you were, if you, if you were down in Texas, <laughs> where football or or Oklahoma or one of these places where football is literally almost a religion, and you stood yep. up and said, yep. "I think we should cancel high school football," they would be looking for you for the next twelve years, and you'd be at the bottom of a lake somewhere, yep. probably, because that would be akin to sacrilege. But here. I, we got to go to break. I they, absolutely they got stadiums at high schools in the states bigger that are than, bigger than some CFL stadiums. It's Field. Friday night. It's high school football. Somebody yeah. here, somebody here at some school board is going to look at this thing and say, "Wait a second, we don't have to have a settlement yet, but we can't run the risk mm-hmm. of waiting for that first huge lawsuit to come when a kid breaks his neck or breaks his arm or whatever, scrapes his knee for all we know." And whether that's a good call or a bad call, I'm telling you, I absolutely believe that it will be coming, and it will be coming before too, too long. And whether that passes, I don't know if it'll pass, but I'm willing to bet you that before too long, we're going to hear somebody on school board say that. Do you think if that one person does put up his hand here in Canada, do you think he will then have that following to, to back him? Will he get the social media response that he wants where people are just forced to say, all right, guess what? No. Our football program is done. Well, maybe, but I think it'll be very divided. Everyone who's a football supporter will fight against that person and call them every name, and those who are on board will fight for him, and it'll be, frankly, like our stadium debate that was a few <laughs> years ago, or like the LRT. You're listening to The Scott Radley Show, weeknights from 7 to 9 on AM 900 CHML. A couple of emails on this topic that we've been talking about with football. After watching the movie Concussion with Will Smith and the mm. long-term effects of blows to the head have on players, I have a totally different view on football. Don't envy football players and their salaries in the least, says Phil in the hammer. Uh, another caller wants to point out lacrosse is similarly dangerous and deserves some attention and reevaluation. Interesting. Doug, you, uh, you, we cut you off right before the break. You had ah, a brilliant line. Ready. You had something brilliant to share. Uh, Bobby De Niro was not in Ghostbusters 2, so that is not <laughs> the correct answer either. Uh, I, I just wanted to say, uh, you know, on the point we were talking about, the, the culture of football and will it change, uh, the culture of football killed young men because they were doing two-a-days outdoors, 95-degree heat. How long did it take? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure somewhere somebody's still doing that to young people. How long did it take and how many teenagers died right then and there because of stupidity and because of, well, we got to be ready for Friday night. Whether they can change the rules or not, again, I still look at all this study and all the science and all these stories and I think it will change and I hate this word with every fiber of my being, but it's the word that seems to fit. It will change organically. It won't be from people making new rules necessarily. It will be people saying, I'll find something else to do. You're listening to The Scott Radley Show, weeknights from 7 to 9 on AM 900 CHML. 
Drew Edward just sent out a tweet, and it's uh, the letter from Baylor um, that basically exonerated Art Bryles. Mm. Well, so I'm just somewhat, that. somewhat. It, it said he some of the things were not. Anyway, we're not going to. I wasn't back paying attention. <laughs> I wasn't tweeting though. I wasn't cheating. No, no, no. I'm just wow, fascinating. Uh, I don't even know what he got his second Academy Award yeah. for, and I can't think of it right now. That's oh, you yes, know. you would know it. You would definitely. Anyway, we'll get to those at the end yeah, of the show. Okay, all right. We have, this has been complete, well, let me say this. Uh, yesterday we talked about it on the show. Bob O'Neill and I were chatting about this. I'm going to take it to you guys as well. There are rumblings from some corners of the city that Hamilton should get all geared up to make a bid to pitch for the 2030 Commonwealth Games at a starting expect, an expected starting cost of something in the neighborhood of a billion dollars. Now, that would not just be Hamilton with the billion. That would be various levels of government. But realistically, a hundred million. Easily a third. A hundred to two hundred million at least, at least would be Hamilton. And who pays for the cost overruns when it goes beyond a well, billion and what is pledged? So is that, uh, Doug Faraway, then uh, an indication of where you stand on this uh, this idea? I was going to say this harebrained idea, but I don't want to influence you. Uh, Over the years, (laughs) I've had mixed emotions. I mean, we have actually seen an Olympic Games that made money, and that was uh, Los Angeles. We have seen Olympic Games. A long time ago, though. A long time ago, but uh, run by a businessman. Yes. Um, And we have seen Olympic Games that were put into cities that they should not have been, World Cups that have gone to cities and countries they should not have gone, because those stadiums in Brazil, which were barely, I believe, five minutes to opening time, were completed. Sounds like our stadium, so I shouldn't pick on Brazil. <laughs> uh, stadiums in in South Africa that are not being used, like there there's uh, you know um, um, very tall weeds now growing. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so, for a city that has wrestled with the stadium, for a city that has wrestled with LRT, will it be open by twenty thirty? <laughs> um, for a city that has infrastructure issues coming out are wazoo that uh, the feds and the province, despite promises, are not dealing with at this point in time. $3.3 billion deficit in the Even though it's a hundred years on for what was then the Empire Games, now is the Commonwealth Games, and it does bring economic activity to your city, I would have to um, come down with a very large question mark. I, I, you know what? I mean, I, I love these kinds of games, and I wish the Olympics had gone to Toronto. I wish they had, but you now and and they the Olympics have changed the bidding process. They don't go trotting around the world drinking the champagne and picking up all of those gifts like they used to, right. and because cities can't afford it anymore. How many cities bid on, you know? But if the Olympics were coming to this area, we would have. Attendance. We would have excitement. You would have a sure thing. The world cycling coming here. That was a terrific event for Hamilton. Didn't cost us a ton. But even when the Pan Ams are coming to Toronto, we got out of the velodrome business. Mm -hmm. It was going to be too costly. So I, I, you know what? I'm going to lean on the side of by the time it's 2030, will I even still be here to make that decision? I got to say no. You mean in studio or? We can't afford it. This city can't no. afford it. We, we can't. just can't. Mike? I do like the fact, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it's bringing it back home. Wasn't the first yes. ever games in yep. Hamilton? Yes. So, Empire so that, games. that is cool. That's kind of unique. Um, I'm not going to be as, as, as hard on the answer that Doug was. I'm going to try to keep an open mind here because I agree with everything you say. As you know, when I'm on your show, it's about infrastructure. It's about basically looking after your own backyard first. This is something frilly and, and, and fun and all that. However, I'm very open to at least having the discussion. Mm. Let's see numbers. Let's see what past Commonwealth Games cities have done, have brought in, have had attendance, what has worked, what hasn't worked. So with that said, now I'm thinking about it, you might have to bring in a couple consultants. So there's a few hundred thousand Well, the Commonwealth Stadium in Edmonton was what, 50,000 seats? Mm -hmm. That was a big puppet. It was a big one. That's part of the legacy. That's part of it. So again- The Olympic Stadium in Montreal is now housing Haitian refugees and has been basically a big 
planetarium. What do you what do you call the a, velodrome? Yeah, the velodrome is a, is a, oh, the is velodrome a, is the uh, and uh, the Olympic a, Stadium is still used once in a while for football and some soccer, and was a massive cost overrun mm-hmm. that the city the citizens of Montreal paid for decades. Are they still not paying for it, or is that I, maybe I done now? I think they may Might have. Be yeah, done. but let's say Doug. Let's yeah. say that your total that you threw it. Let's say you said a third. That if Hamilton had to pay a third, I'll even pull it back and say let's say a quarter. So let's say it's two hundred and fifty million that Hamilton would have to pay, plus whatever overruns might happen. I would rather take the two hundred and fifty million dollars and either completely fix up First Ontario Centre to make it where it was supposed to be, or build a second smaller arena for the Bulldogs that would cost fifty million, and then do parks and this and that. I would rather. Instead of paying for security and mm-hmm. cost overruns and staffing for a two-week event, take that same amount of money and just put it directly into the projects that we have here. We don't need to have the games that, frankly, I'm sorry if I'm being negative, but it's the Commonwealth Games. There's It's the third or fourth or fifth level of international games. There won't be the interest here. Yeah. It's not the Olympics. Agreed. It's not the World Cup of soccer. I, I put the Commonwealth Games ahead of the Pan Am, Pan American Games in my particular interest. Fair enough. Um, but uh, again, still for a billion dollars, it's a lot and of money. Whether the feds come in at you know if if the feds come in at you better actually put it to them during an election year for the feds in the province because they might say yes to you at yeah, that yeah. point. In this time actually, and make if we're going to do this, but if we're going to do this, Kathleen Wynn. We need another billion. We've had the billion for the LRT. You want our votes? Yeah, now's and then, the time. Now's the time. Yeah. Look, Councillor Marula has always already said no over his dead body. I believe basically. Chad Collins has said the same. No. And so I, I don't think there's uh, how many councillors are sporting councillors. How many project themselves as fiscally responsible councillors? Imagine what Ms. Skelly would do with a billion dollar. Commonwealth Games bid mm-hmm. when she's digging into consultants report and parking lot screw ups that mm-hmm. are costing taxpayers. Brenda Johnson is the same. She counts every penny. Well, you guys both when, watch when it's council. Time. You guys both watch council very, very closely. Let me now, ask the, you this: the mayor is. I know, but yeah, he, well, it's going to be a circus. Okay, but Mr. he won't mayor? even be the mayor by then. So you know, yeah. probably. I mean, who knows? But you know, but you guys watch council very closely. Let's flip this a second because you're saying. Here's who's not going to be doing this. Who's the counselor? Because you need one. Who's mm-hmm. the counselor who's going to be the leader of this, the whack-a-mole who's going to stand up and allow themselves to be pounded at a time when we don't have money? And I don't yeah. see one. Well, it won't be Ferguson. It won't be Pasuda. It won't be Judy, although she may win election provincially. She won't be there. But it won't be Donna uh, Skelly. It, it won't. It won't I, the only person I can think of who might be a sport cheerleader, a cheerleader no, I don't. No, I, not even I, far? I, no, I don't. I, he's got enough issues on his plate with the Waterfront Trust and Pier <laughs> Seven Eight, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I think the only guy who I believe chairs the Arena Subcommittee, which is basically defunct, because there ain't no NHL team coming here in my lifetime. It might be Terry Whitehead, who might be the only counselor who might might carry the flag for a Commonwealth Games. And even then, I'm going out in a limb because I, so I go around the table. Aiden Johnson? No. Matthew Green? No. So maybe Jason Farr, but and based Sam on Marula, Collins, Tom Jackson? Not a chance. Yeah. Skelly? No. Based on the way the LRT went, and that difficult, and I say difficult, my tongue is in my cheek. What I really mean is enraged and angry and whatever discussion. Uh, based on where he stood and how angry that discussion was if Councillor Whitehead were the one leading this charge, whether some of the others agreed with it or not, or were even benign to it, they're going to say no on point of principle. They're going to slap it down. So I I just don't see... and, and, And think about this too. If you're the only one and you get that sense from your colleagues behind the glass windows and doors in the alderman's offices... You don't want if, that spotlight If you're the on only you. one... And the mayor, and they don't always see eye to eye. You're not. You're not even going to be. You're not even going to saddle up to lead that charge. Just isn't. You don't happen. need the hassle. And no. I, that's where I'm. I'm certain at this point they've already started to do their homework. I'm He's so sh- open-minded. I'm sure they're already getting. They're already probably having some meetings, some discussions. They're already looking at successes and failures of of past Commonwealth Games. And I truly do believe that, as I said earlier, a discussion should at least be had. And if if something does make sense, 
then go for it. I see where everyone's coming from. I get it. It's tough to find the councils that might do it. But because it's the 100th, maybe this is something Hamilton can really rally and champion behind. I'm just trying to be positive. Maybe we can get here. a new stadium out of it. In down, the West Harbor. Hey, in the right place. Say, down by the waterfront. <laughs> <laughs> we will this. take a break. <laughs> You're listening to The Scott Radley Show. Weeknights from 7 to 9 on AM 900 CHML. Mike Fortune, Doug Faraway in studio. Uh, gentlemen, we have talked unintentionally, but we have talked a lot about sports for the first uh, while in the show. Let's branch off from that to something entirely different. Couldn't be more different. Couldn't be further away from sports if we tried. And I meant to get to this last week, but uh, was Fat not versus here. versus cholesterol? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. new okay. Coke versus old Coke. <laughs> <laughs> the sentiment about Omer Cotter. This is a story that everybody remembers from, well, we remember because it was only about two months ago, it seems, yeah, no. with, the, with the federal government giving the buyout. And he was going to go away very quietly and going to live his quiet, happy life with his 10 and a half million bucks. And it's... Weeks later, and he is in court trying to seek loosening of his parole or probation restrictions and all these, the deal. Are we suckers or is this a reasonable thing that he is asking for? (laughs) I think we're suckers. I really, truly do. Like talk about wasting everyone's time, everyone's money, and talk about a guy who's who's had one gift, uh, let's maybe even call it two gifts, being basically handed to him and now he wants more what's the saying never kick a gift horse in the mouth like my god are you kidding me this is the route he now wants to take in our country how how doug did the federal government when they made this deal not have it written in granite that okay for this money which already is controversial you will never seek restrictions on the other terms that are on there. So you do not make us look like a fool. How was that not, maybe it was done, but clearly not done well enough if he's already taking it to court. Well, I don't know all the legal ins and outs. I do know that I believe that he had to be paid. He was paid less than he potentially could have gotten if the case had gone all the way through. He fought the case based on our Constitution and our legal rights, and we paid him because we had to, because the Supreme Court of Canada ruled that the federal government at in the day, liberals and conservatives, took away his basic rights when they started talking to the Americans, gave information to the Americans that they had gotten from him in Guantanamo Bay, in a prison where he might have been unjustly or justly held, certainly in Americans' eyes, he killed an American soldier. Um, What a mess, but of all the letters that I have read, et cetera, et cetera, the law of this land said he's been unjustly treated. Now, whether it was written into the agreement or not written into the agreement, under law, does he still have the opportunity to go after this. Under our law... I guess he does. It sounds like he does. It sounds like he... I don't know what they did. His lawyers may have advised him, this has not been put into concrete. You, if you want these restrictions lifted, can have a hearing like any other one of us. And yet... And I go back to Mike's point. It's distasteful well, it, it, because for a lot of people, but it's our law. We've got to abide by I understand. Law. I understand. But even if it's within our law, and I, I have more difficulty with this whole thing than you do, but we don't have time to talk all about that today, but we've talked about it before. But even if it's within the law, what amazes me is that a guy who knows that a f- large segment of the Canadian population is outraged by what happened would not even wait seemingly, almost literally, not wait for the ink to dry before pushing and pushing and Mm -hmm. pressing the buttons of people. It just, it it amazes me. It really, it's even if he's fully within his rights, it just amazes me that he would, or his lawyers, 
but would essentially say to the Canadian public, ha ha, look, I can do this. You can't stop me. And whether that's legal or not, Mike, it's just, it, I don't know what a better word is. It's just so unseemly. It seems so taunting almost of can of Canadians. It's a kick in the face. A kick in the face to some of the most polite people you'll ever meet in the world. And here you have this guy doing what he's doing. Now you mentioned the lawyers. You almost have to maybe think, the lawyers are looking at this. Hey, my client's got ten million bucks in his pocket. I want to. I want more of that myself. Hey, guess what you can do now? Maybe ching 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 ching, and drag this one out as well. But whoever is advising him, and you would think that okay, take the lawyers out of the equation. Who's ever in his inner circle? We all have an inner circle. We all have family. We all have friends. You would think someone would get into his ear and say, "Hey, lay low." Chill out, exactly. relax. You got ten and a half million bucks. You're going to live a wonderful life. Just shut up. And the rules have not said, as I've understood it, the rules have not said he can't see. See, the whole thing, this one is about his sister. His sister in the past has spoken sort of glowingly about 9-11 almost, or at least sounding like it was in favor. The rules, as I've read them, weren't that he could not visit with her. It's that he had to have somebody with him as he did this. Again, with what Mike just said. Based on everything, you're still able to see her. Just, you know, take a little while so it doesn't really send the message that you are telling every Canadian who opposes this that they really are a sucker. That's, that's Doug, again, not the point that you said. You, you make a valid point, but yeah. this seems to me to be something else. This seems to me to be a, a taunting thing almost or, a, or I don't care thing or I, I don't even know what it is. It just bugs me in some way that it's... It, it it seems. Like what's the word? Conscience. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it, uh, un, ungrateful. Well, it's, it's ungrateful, insulting to the laws that just protected you, and allowed this payment to take place, and yet, I don't know. I'm a big tent guy. <laughs> Think about this. So we're we're celebrating 20 years of Princess Di's passing and we think about the things that she did and she went to Africa and she was there as a champion against landmines and we start thinking about that well okay how many people were killed or disfigured by these landmines and how many were children how many of those children were actually 12 year olds who were handed a Kalashnikov and told they had to go fight Mm -hmm. by whom tribal leader parents uncles Mm -hmm. so I then think about how old was Cotter, when he father followed his father and his brothers to go and fight in what they, not me, but what they felt was a just war for whatever their beliefs would be. So I'm just merely saying, as a teenager, he was handed this rifle, Kalashnikov grenade, and told the Americans are coming and you're going to fight them. So he killed one, allegedly. Mm-hmm. making statements in Guantanamo after several years that finally led the Americans to believe, yeah, he's the one who killed that particular soldier. It's one hell of a mess is what I'm trying to say. And I can see a lot of sides in this one. We thought there were tentacles with Art Bryles. <laughs> this goes beyond tentacles. Fair enough. This is the world we live in. And... I get your point. He's rubbing it right in our faces. And he may not see that. He sees that I'm right. And they were wrong to do what they did to me. And now I want further rights under Canadian law to get rid of these restrictions. And if he wins, he wins. And if he loses, he loses. But he has the right to try it. You know who I'm really surprised? Mike, we got to go to a break. You know who I'm really surprised? And maybe they have. Again, I don't know, but... If the liberal government has not been in touch with him and his people saying, uh, Omer, would you mind toning it down just for a few minutes? Because you're making us look real bad here. Like, just honestly, we were nice to you. We helped you out. Give a brother a break here. Like, just, or a sister. I don't know who signed the deal. But he is making, in addition to Canadians, he is making the Trudeau government look ridiculous to a lot of people. And maybe again Doug maybe you're right maybe doesn't care maybe it's just I'm right and you're wrong and but it just the whole thing just to me has an odor of as I say ungratefulness or 
something. I don't know what. Even if he's even if it was right to pay him the money, just try not to make everybody in the country who even many of those who sided with you go really? Really? Yeah. Really? It you can in time people will let this pass or will feel less passionate about it. Give it a year or two. Exactly. And then show your I'm really look I'm okay. Because you know what the bit we got to go to break. You know what the thing they is? They'd moved on from Cotter to the Tiger Cats. The for big, sake. the big concern <laughs> with Omer Cotter, besides the money, has been what's he going to do with the money? The concern okay. from critics has been: Will this money be funneled back to terrorism? That's the that really is the underlying concern or many will people have. Suits from south of the border suck the money out of his bank account. Fair enough, but the, the those who are looking at the idea that yep. this money could be filtered to terrorists, whether that's fair or not. For him to then make a case or make a push immediately to go and be quietly by himself in touch with a sister that was the cause of those concerns is the part that blows me away. Because it's telling all these people, uh, we may have been really right to be concerned about this. It may not be, but boy, it's sending a whole bunch of, whole bunch of messages up there. He should have just gone fishing with Mike. That's exactly right. Up at Buckhorn. Did you catch anything, by the way? We caught fish, baby. Oh, <laughs> you'll have to teach me how, because we spent a week up there, and I, other than one morning, I just caught yeah, weed. You have to put the line in the water. I said, we, sorry, I said weeds, not weed. <laughs> yeah. I, I got all the wrong stuff today. You don't wow. take the cooler out in the boat. Yeah. Okay, Scott? <laughs> You're listening to The Scott Radley Show, weeknights from 7 to 9 on AM 900 CHML. No, but so many times that I've used the word First Ontario Centre recently, people go, where? Yeah. And even people who live here don't yet put the... How long did it take for Sky Dome to become Rogers Centre and that was the vernacular as opposed to oh, something people stumble over? See the dome, the yeah. Dome. See, the dome is okay. Dome yeah. is acceptable. I, well, now we have the ACC changing it. So that's that's going right. to be a problem. That's really going to be a I problem. I had to shift my, my mindset when I was covering the Bulldogs, so I really had to focus on making sure I called it first Ontario place. So for me, it's almost second nature now. Which it doesn't it roll that. off your tongue, No, though. it doesn't. It certainly doesn't. Cops is easy. Exactly. Cops is easy. You know, I, and and you, Doug, to your point, I, it is going to be a mess for people. Writers on deadline and stuff and people who are broadcasters, it's the ACC. That's what it is. It's the ACC, and I'm sorry, it's going to take years, I think, because the worst part, this is the worst part to me about this, <laughs> is that there's one thing that Toronto Maple Leaf fans hate more than a beasting on a private part, and that is the Ottawa Senators. And the fact that your arena is now named what the Ottawa Senators arena mm. was named for a long time is going to drive Leaf fans nuts, I think. Well, what's Ottawa's name Canadian now? Tire Canadian Center Tire Center, right? Oh, but it was Scotiabank okay. Place for the longest time, and yeah. now Toronto yeah. is Scotiabank. It's like, come on, don't do that to us, the Leaf fans are saying. They'll just put it in, everything is in an acronym nowadays. It'll so what's the, it going to be? The SBA. SBA, that is, again, that doesn't really, it, it sounds, doesn't, like, sounds like where you get like wayward pets. I was <laughs> I'm going to the SBA. Oh, what are you picking up? A gerbil? A cat? <laughs> and then you got the village people. SBA. <laughs> I, it's funny because I, wow. the first one, we were chatting about this earlier this week, the first stadium, arena, whatever, that was named for a product, nobody thinks about this one, was Wrigley Field because it was Wrigley Gum, but it was sort of because it was the Wrigley family that owned it. They named it after themselves. They just happened to also be, but... I mean, I understand the money that's involved here. 80, 80 was it eight, 800 million bucks over 20 years, something like 30 that? years, I think. 800 or whatever. Over 30. It's an enormous amount of money. How do you know? Let's get rid of the cap. We could really spend that money in Toronto. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> but I mean, I understand. Look, if I'm the Maple Leafs, I'm like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Sure, I'll call it whatever you want. You want to call it the flaming bag of doggy do at the front porch arena? Sold. Bing. $40 million a year. I'm in. Like if Red Rock had had enough money, right? I, I am yeah. <laughs> I am waiting to see though because some of them Great have become wings. well the, the it's wrong the, city it's the Go to uh, Detroit it's the college bowl games that have reached the levels of inanity yeah. where they have names that yeah. are so stupid that you can't even believe but if they're willing to pay the money yeah they're willing to pay the money, money but money, I money. Uh, I I really I I just more than anything I get confused especially when you start changing it time and again what stadium once upon a time it was the Oakland Alameda Coliseum where the Oakland A's played. Where do the Oakland A's play today? Same same stadium, same but what's stadium, it called? What's the name? No clue. 
couldn't even guess. Nope, he's Googling. You gotta Google that. Where do the San Francisco Giants play today? Is it still When did the Raiders move back from LA? I missed that. <laughs> Oakland A's now, Park. You got the two parks, Wrigley and Fenway. There will be chaos if those names ever changed, yeah, I think. I don't think they ever will. They can't. For eight hundred million bucks, Boston, change your name to Quaker Oats oh, Ballpark. It's, it's called the Oakland Coliseum. I guess they couldn't find a sponsor. They find <laughs> Their stadium's so bad and old. Yeah, yeah. No one wants to sponsor it. Yeah, now I, I was confused. Yankee Stadium doesn't have no, no. But imagine and never if never will. Well, well, if they if you Leafs, imagine if the Leafs could get eighty imagine, mil, eight hundred million, let's go to Manchester, and we're going to change the name of Old Trafford to Guinness Stadium. Think that would ever happen? Not a chance. Hold on a second. You don't think so? They say Guinness is willing to pay you a billion dollars over the next Never 20 happened. years. Sign me the up. Fan, the supporters would go nuts. Meanwhile, in London, the Emirates, but they built the stadium, I believe. It's not a naming rights thing. It's the ownership group. See, I think the Yankees the would do it. I, I oh. really believe that at some point, and it would, it would still be something Yankee Stadium. Tostitos Yankee Stadium, <laughs> but they would never actually call it by the name. See, that's yeah, yeah, the thing. Yeah. The Yankee folks would never actually use the name. But look, if I'm the Yankees and I could get a, a billion dollars for 20 years for my stadium, I'm doing it. In baseball, where in baseball, where literally you can spend whatever you want. Tottenham is building their new stadium, and it's going to be the new White Hart Lane. It, it's not going to have Kellogg's White Hart Lane. It's not. It just isn't. I love look, I love the places that are holding to the purity Agreed. of the name of their place. I love that. I just think that there comes a point when almost anybody... If you want to have naming rights for the men's washroom, go for it. Women's wa- yes. Go for it. The lounge. Yeah. Everything. We'll name everything. It's up for grabs. The big freezer in the bar, yeah. it's up for grabs. You'll, but we're not changing the stadium's name. How is You'll, there no men's bathroom in any arena sponsored by that pop squirt? How do you know this? I just no. I'm saying, how come there? Is, I would think that that would be a natural. Squirt should be sponsoring every men's bathroom in every arena across the country. You just might have got yourself a new gig because well the done. older men get Scott. It's no longer a squirt. <laughs> now, I'm, is that too much information? You're yeah, but there's about... no pop named Irregular Flow. <laughs> <laughs> there's no product named Dribble that I know of. That's yeah. We're way off. Okay, <laughs> you you know I'm looking, you're wearing a, you're wearing an England jersey here. I am, and I hey you know why we beat Malta today in World Cup qualifying. And, Malta, and I don't see a lot of advertising on that jersey. <laughs> well, I can't afford you the can't afford the advertising. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. That's that's the knockoff one. <laughs> I well, have one good. with Rooney on the back, but he's no longer England. I uh, I don't he's care. Also, I, I think I that's why, why you so. won't see soccer stadiums potentially do it, is because you'll just see more advertising all over the. Well, I don't care what the stadiums are named in England. If England had lost to Malta today, they all would have been burned <laughs> down. <Yes. laughs> and we'll just see which one is more flammable, as opposed to. No, I I I was not going to talk about this tonight, but it, oh. it, no, it's absolutely. Absolutely. What were you going to talk well, about? I don't know. I had, I had something else, it? but this is better. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I do. I think that almost, remember in wrestling, the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase? Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, he had that saying that every man has his price. Everybody has his price. Every team has their price. I think that the price that it would cost you to buy the naming rights to Wrigley or Fenway or Yankee Stadium, you're right. They would be so astronomical that probably it's prohibitive that nobody would do it. But I don't believe for a second that any team is beyond the possibility of selling the naming rights. I don't believe that. Think about, here's more WWF slash E trivia. <laughs> Why did the Honky Tonk Man always end up with the Million Dollar Man? Because Honky Tonk was breaking a guitar every <laughs> single match and he needed Ted DiBiase's money. Needed the money. Okay, I may have taken it way beyond. No, you know, one you, of these, uh, one of yeah. these days, uh, we may just have a, a WWF, not WWE. I have not watched wrestling what, in World Wildlife Fund. No, no, the the early WWF wrestling. We should just have a a, 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 oh. a listener contest. We did this once driving in a car. Me and this other guy who had watched wrestling back when we were kids. Yeah, we had a contest where we were driving, and you had twenty seconds to name a wrestler. And you had to because just keep going wa- back and forth. Okay. Yeah. And you couldn't name the same guy to see who could run out of wrestler names 
before the other one. And okay. when you start to no go the beast. <laughs> yeah, Andre. no. Coco beware. <laughs> Hulk Hogan. Billy Red Lion. The professor. <laughs> Macho the Man. Professor. There was no wrestler. Yeah. It was horrible. The Rock. Yes. Haystacks Calhoun. Yes, uh, Haystacks. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, we're not going to do that tonight to no? people. Although okay. now people are at home yelling names out at the radio. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. Yeah. I, I will tell Let's you this. Let's do tag teams. Make I'll it go more to the break. <laughs> one of the nicest men I ever met when I was doing my job was one of the names you just mentioned. Billy totally, Red. Billy Red Lions, Billy Dundas Red. Man, William Snip, I believe. Was, was it William really? Zip? William, I think it was William Snip. Anyway, was his real name. But Billy Red Lions, and I met him. I met him at the Tim Hortons in Dundas to do a story one day. And I walk in there, and I recognize him instantly. He was the, don't you dare miss it, from yep. Maple Leaf Wrestling. <laughs> yep. That man went to shook my hand. And first of all, he was about 75 at the time. Mm. His hands were as large as hubcaps. Yes. And gnarled. And, but he, when he shook my hand, Literally, I was worried that I was going to need a brace to put my hand back in place. <laughs> and he was, he had had a lot of health issues and stuff. Anyway, we got, you know, it was it was a lovely time. And not long after, somebody called me at the office. I wrote the story. Yeah. Someone called me at the office and said, um, did you hear uh, Billy Red Lions passed away? And I was like, oh, no, that's terrible. So I, call, I called up and I, Mrs. Lyon, Mrs. Snip, I think it was Snip. Miss, she answered the phone. And I said, "Oh, I'm, 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 I'm. It's Scott Radley from the Spectator. I'm so sorry." She goes, "For what?" <laughs> and I said, "Well, about Billy." She goes, "You want Billy? Billy!" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he comes on. I said, "Oh." I thought you had passed away. He goes, I don't think so. <laughs> 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 lovely, lovely man. Yeah, One of the cool. nicest people. Uh, you know the funny thing. We got to go. The wrestlers. A lot of great Hamilton wrestlers. A lot of great sure, Hamilton a lot wrestlers. Of them came out of Hamilton. Yeah. Saddest story I've done lately was what happened to Iron Mike Sharp. Mm, yes. Yeah. Things had gone very poorly for him. But uh, so many, these guys, the stuff they did, such nice people. Almost every one of them. Lovely, lovely men. What they did in the ring where they beat the snot out of each other, that yeah. was the antithesis. Uh, His whole shtick was hit somebody hard in the chest. And grunt. Yeah. That was Canada, Iron Mike. Canada's greatest Pretty athlete. simplistic. Canada's greatest athlete. <laughs> the Scott Radley Show. Weeknights from 7 to 9 on AM 900. AM 900 CHML.